We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. All right, guys. This is, I guess, I guess we'd call it an emergency. (laughs) Emergency podcast. Uh, It's the latest installment of Mavs Step Back Live on Spotify Greenroom. Matt, that, that, that is, it's crazy what happened today. I mean, I... Nobody really thought that the Mavs would trade Kristaps Porzingis at least, you know, not this season, you know, maybe, maybe in the off season. And we talked about, it. we literally just came on here yesterday uh, with our guy, Grant Afseth. And, oh man, there's so much doom and gloom. And I, I'm going to have to say my piece here in a second, but y- y'all are wrong. It's not doom and gloom. And I'll get to that in a little bit. But anyway, we just talked about yesterday that the Mavs were going to have to do something with Christos Porzingis' contract, uh, you know, either now or in the off season. It's going to have to. It was going to have to happen. And we even mentioned the Washington Wizards as being a team, you know, that would probably uh, be interested in making a move because they're desperate and they want to do something to kind of convince Bradley Beal to stay long term. And I mean, look, if Luka Doncic and Christos Porzingis if that pairing doesn't make you a title contender, Bradley Beal and Kristaps Porzingis is not going to make you a title contender. I love Bradley Beal. He's amazing. He's a great player. He's not Luka. If Luka and Porzingis can't do it, Bradley Beal and Porzingis aren't going to do it. You know, it's uh, this is one of those moves where uh, it was surprising when it happened today, but you know, this is this is something that was probably going to come at some point or another. It just it wasn't working out. KP had his his individual stats this year. Other than three point shooting, he had a very solid season for the Mavs up to this point. You know, when he was actually playing, um, but he still just wasn't. He he, he didn't mesh very well with Luca. And you you saw StatMuse tweet out a while ago. You know, since 2019, when the Mavs traded. For KP, when he has played with Luca, the Mavs have a uh, let's see, what was that? When it was five, 
92 win percentage when Luka and KP play together. When Luka isn't playing with KP, the Mavs have a 600 win percentage. So they're actually slightly better <laughs> when, when Luka's playing and, uh, and, and KP is not, which goes to my point that I've been trying to hammer home uh, you know, over the last couple of months. He just doesn't affect winning enough. To, to, to warrant his contract, to warrant, you know, $30 million, 30 plus million dollars a year uh, to be your co-star. It just doesn't work. And I know the contracts of Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Davis Bertans, uh, those contracts aren't good. And they've had rough seasons this year. Uh, and, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, he's never been a good shooter. But, you know, he averages six assists per game. And, I mean, that's that's hard to do. <laughs> it's something that the Mavs bench unit needs. We've been talking about this for weeks. Uh, so that's going to help, you know, all the doom and gloom. Everybody's, you know, wanting to go jump out a window, which surprises me. Like, what, guys, what did we think Kristaps Porzingis' trade value was? Yeah, can like, I put it here real quick? Yeah, go ahead, because I'm just baffled here. Well, first things first, this is – a pretty good indicator that Chris Stapps was not going to get us anything that, you know, we had assumed he would get us the last couple of years. when we first started bringing up trade discussions, which was pretty quickly after he started hitting the floor, if I, if I recall correctly. So we've been talking about this for a long time. It's kind of a relief that it's now finally over. One of the things that I kind of want to put to bed here is that he's, or that, that uh, Bertans and, and Dinwiddie are just as absent as KP, that's not the case. KP has played in 134 games in the last three seasons. That's like 40 games a year. That's, that's Or 44 games a year. That's just over half the season. Like, what exactly do you think that I, – I, I'm just confused as, as to why that people are all of a sudden now upset. Yeah, well, see, everybody's acting like the Mavs are taking a step back, no pun intended. But, you know, how are they taking a step back when they're playing as well as they have been without KP? And now they're adding these two guys. You know, if they're just horrible, they don't have to play them for the rest of the season. And it's the same exact thing. (laughs) Yeah, and it's it's the same exact thing, except it's not one guy costing you $33 million dollars. It's so much harder to trade a KP whose trade value continues to go down and down and down for for what is a max contract as opposed to, you know, Dinwiddie, which is, I think, 15 million and Bertans, which is 16 million, something in that range. So it's like it's much easier to move. I look at that. I think Dinwiddie's more than that. But Bertans, you're you're right about him. Uh but I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's one of the that's one of the things that hasn't been talked about a lot is the fact that it is easy. You know, even though it's considered bad contracts based on how these guys have played, uh, you know, it's it's a lot easier to trade two bad contracts in that salary range separately. Sorry, Dinwiddie's eighteen million. Yeah, eighteen million. And then the, the only, I think only eight million of his in the final season is is guaranteed. But anyway, to your point, I mean, you're right. It, it's easier to trade those contracts individually. You know, if you have something come up with a sign and trade, or you know, somebody that, you know, it, it's easier to do that down the line than it is trying to trade one guy who makes over thirty million dollars a year 
and is injury prone. I mean, you know, you're getting two guys that also that know or that you know do things that you need to do. Like, Dinwiddie's a ball handler and a playmaker, and the Mavs needed that. A secondary ball handler and a playmaker. They needed a three-point shooter. I know Bertans has not been great from three this year, but historically he's a 40% career three-point shooter. And over over Bertans, speaking of him, over his last 20 games, I went and looked at it because, you know, he had his own injury stuff, and he started out, you know, really slow and everything. But over his last 20 games, he's shooting 37% from three. And, again, you know, he's a 40% three-point shooter. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, the sky isn't falling. Like, our our pets' heads aren't falling off, you know, because of this. It's going to be fine. And, you know, Luca, I, I'll never forget, you know, the last the last time we had a big trade, it was uh, three years ago when we were talking about getting KP. And now he's exiting. And I remember one of the biggest things – of the KP trade were, you know, there were a lot of people very upset about having or the Mavs having to take on Tim Hardaway Jr. And I know, I know Tim Hardaway Jr. has had a rough season shooting the ball this year. He's like 34% from three this season, but before the, the head coaching change, and I do believe that, you know, THJ's numbers going down has to do with more of a system fit than, than anything else. But before that, he went from, you know, being viewed as an albatross contract to having multiple teams offer him like 80 plus million dollars in the offseason last year because he had shot nearly 40% from 3 for two straight years. And that it, were reportedly aggressively pursuing him today. Yeah, exactly. You know, but even while he is injured with a broken foot right now, Teams were still apparently interested. You know, Jake Fisher uh, from Bleacher Report, he characterized Tim Hardaway Jr. as being the Mavs' best available trade asset. <laughs> Which I, don't, I don't agree with, but that's fine. Yeah, I, I don't agree with that. Well, available, you know, what the Mavs were willing to possibly trade. I, I do agree with that. But the point is, Luka makes guys better, especially if they, you know, if he has time to get to know him and everything and, in this specific case, given what the Mavs need off the bench, you have Jalen Brunson. He graduated to the, the starting lineup full-time, and then that took away what he was bringing to that bench unit. And they have needed a guy like Dinwiddie who can you know dish out assist to people. And I, I get it. The percentages aren't there. I know why. I get why people people are worried about it, but I just don't think it's that big of a deal. Uh, that, that, that's the whole thing. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I know people were attached to KP. I know we had like this this idea in our minds. And I, I wrote about it on DallasBasketball.com like just a few minutes before we jumped on here. And what I what I the question I asked is, well, is the Mavs ceiling higher with Porzingis? Of course it is, because KP is super talented if he can stay healthy. But, you know, we're year three into this, Matt. We're year three into it, and we're still asking, can he stay healthy? Yeah, and I've got a couple of things here, too. The first thing is that you mentioned KP playing with Luka in, in historically over the last three years, whatever. This season, that discrepancy is even higher. I don't think a lot of people realize that. It was 
it's only one game difference. It's the but the Mavs were 19 and 15 overall with Porzingis, and without him they were 13 and eight. That's a five percent difference in winning percentage. That's one thing. The other thing is, what's harder to move? Honestly, I mean, because because this I think that this deal was all about future flexibility, right? So what's Absolutely. harder to move? Three years and 54 million, or four years and 64 million. Or is three years and 101 million on a guy whose knee is apparently falling off because he can't stay on the floor? Like, what's harder to move? KP has a player option in 2023-24. Dinwiddie's contract is not fully guaranteed in his final year. So, I mean, this is about flexibility. Yeah, it doesn't knock your socks off and oh, we got this awesome return for this awesome player because they didn't have an awesome player anymore. They had a guy that used to be awesome and is trending aggressively downhill. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I just – I really do think they'll be fine in the immediate future. And then, you know, even if they can get – because I have no doubt that they'll be able to get more out of Dinwiddie and Bertans than Washington was. I mean, the, the Mavs are just a better team. You know, they're they're 32-23 and 23 heading into this game tonight against the Clippers, fifth in the West. You know, when Luka is healthy and in tip-top shape, like he's worked himself into this season – uh, you know, it's it's really hard to beat this Mavs team. You know, they, when he's engaged in the team, you know, especially with what he's been able to bring out with Reggie Bullock since Tim Hardaway Jr. went down, I mean, I, I have more hope of this team getting out of the first round, you know, with how they're playing, even without Kristaps Porzingis, than I have in recent years. So, you know, if you just get – if you even get anything from Dinwiddie – Herbertons, it's better than not getting anything at all from Porzingis. And let me add, let me let me just say this before I give it back to you, Matt. But say the Mavs didn't trade KP, and you know he's dealing with this bone bruise injury that he's been out for a handful of games. Quote unquote, now. with the Mavs bone bruise, by the way. Right. Yeah, it's always real vague, and you're always left wondering. And that's another thing. I'm glad I don't have to worry about. KP's health anymore like uh, that it's, it's almost like a burden lifting all lifted off my shoulders but anyway say they did keep KP and then something happened the rest of this season it's like, oh well we'll just wait till the offseason and then explore other trades and see how he does in the postseason this year what if he got seriously injured <laughs> and tore his ACL or another meniscus tear or something like that and then you're really screwed. Then, you know, you're you're stuck with him through the end of his contract, or at least until that last year when he's an expiring and maybe you can do something. So, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. How do I want to word this, Matt? If you're looking at it as who got the best player just based off of talent in this trade, the Wizards got the better player. I think that's fair to say. But, you know, given the the injury stuff, and I know Dinwiddie and Bertans have had their own uh, injury stuff, but it's not nearly as extensive of a list as the 31 to $33 million man that the Mavs just sent out. So I'm not as concerned about that. I'm Look, the fact of the matter is it's really this simple. You traded a guy who you gave a max contract to that it didn't matter whether or not he was on the floor. You can't have that on the roster. If you're going to pay a guy a max contract, it has to matter. He has to make your team better, and he wasn't making the team better. So why not try something different, give yourself some different long-term options? I I, I don't understand – Like. I would, I would wager to guess that – what do we have, 60 people in here right now? I would wager to guess that all 60 of you have complained at one point or another thinking we could we should move KP, and now they do it and everybody's pissed. Like what did, what did everybody think they were going to get for KP? Did they think we were going to get Bradley Beal or, or you know, James Harden or Ben Simmons or something like that? Nobody was ever going to do that. He was not that valuable. His value was declining substantially. So get what you can for him now – make flexibility easier later and get rid of a guy who doesn't matter if he's on the floor. And I, I, I think, and I mentioned it just for myself, you know, having the, the burden lifted, not having to worry about whether he's going to play or not and all that stuff. But it has to be a relief for the team too, you know, especially given how much he's being paid and, you know, he coming in, he kind of viewed himself as the guy, but even, you know, or kind of a dickhead. Or, or, or not the guy, but maybe being a 1B to Luca's 1A when it's really not what he was. I mean, he just – he wasn't really able to live up to that. And so, you know, not having that kind of expectations around for him and, and I mean, from his teammates and everything, it probably lifts the burden off of their shoulders too. So I'm interested in seeing how they, how they play the rest of the way here, just, you know, being able to pray – play freely and not having to worry about all of that. And look, I, I see this last comment about Dalton and matter being way too optimistic. I'm not being too optimistic. It's Welcome just, I think people club. are overreacting. 
<laughs> like this has nothing to do with optimism. I just people are are putting this putting KP up on a pedestal all of a sudden where he was some amazing player that helped the team so much. He didn't. He didn't. The team has a winning record without him. A better record without him than with him this season. So what think, what is the point in keeping a guy like that with a max contract? I don't get it. I think I think another reason why so many people were just so shocked that this happened is there's a, there's still a lot of stock being put into what, you know, Mark Cuban says during the off season or at the beginning of the season or whatever it is cuz <laughs> when the trade rumors came up uh, about KP last year I believe the the exact quote was total bullshit. Is, is that is that right, or was that was was that for something else that that I'm misremembering? I know that at least on one occasion that was a re- reply to uh, I think it was the KP Warriors trade. Maybe I'm completely off on that, but he he shot down those rumors, you know, more times than once. And then, you know, it was the Kumbaya, they they fixed their relationship, and Jason Kidd brought them together this year. And, I mean, honestly, I, I really don't think there was any animosity between the two this year. I think they did fix those issues. But, you know, you still had the questionable fit. You still had, you know, the, the injury stuff to worry about. And you have to wonder, oh, well, what, you know, what if it pops up close to the postseason this year? And then, you know, you're just out of luck. You know, it, it, that has to be a mental drain on these guys. Uh, so, I mean, look, I, overall, I'm happy with this trade. Even if it is a complete lateral move, I, I just – I'm fine with it. I thought this team needed a little bit of a change of scenery, and they got that. Change is good. When you've had mostly the same roster, the same core, for three straight years – and you still haven't won a playoff series, and you have a guy like Luca, then I mean, what? Why do people have an issue with there being change? You know, there, there needs to be change. And like I said, even if uh, Dinwiddie and Bertans give you nothing, that's still giving you the same amount as if you have KP and he's not playing. That is my biggest point from all of this. And I'm going to stop rambling now, Matt. I'm going to start bringing a couple people up. Uh, we've got, I think Max has been waiting the longest here. So I'm going to bring Max Turner up here. Max, what's up, man? What did you think about the craziness that the NBA trade deadline brought us today? Max, are you there? Max may not have expected me to bring him up that quick. All right, well, Max... If you are there, stay on mute, and I will let you go after our guy Tim here. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Going good, man. What would you think about everything that happened today? Well, first of all, I uh, completely agree with you all about uh, the roster flexibility and kind of the aspects of – of of that i think you know in the nba to make a good trade you have to have players who make a decent chunk of salary um and you know attaching draft capital to that that's what enables you to get a better player in return for a trade um and i think that this kind of 
this move that the Mavs made today, I can see that opening up a lot more pathways to get a better player in the future or to have to be like less tied to say one guy like Jalen Brunson. Like now we have a little bit more flexibility and a little bit of insurance if he decides to move on in the off season. Um, so we have just, I think I, I, I can visualize more positive moves in the future. I just think having KP uh, as one chunk of your salary really limited your ability to make those kind of moves in the future. So I think that's really good. Um, and then the second thing I'll say is that I actually also think that this makes us a better team. Um, KP, as, as we all know, as you all expounded upon, is like constantly injured. Um, and I mean, if you think about like the playoffs, are you confident that he's going to be feeling good or 100% by the time the playoffs come? I mean, you know, I think the Mavericks rightfully saw like, okay, you got you got a recurring knee problem. You got a bone bruise in your knee. Uh, if he's at 80%, he can't defend in space. Um, and he's also a guy that has to be really active on offense to get good shots because he can't create his own shots. So he's got to be cutting to the basket. He's got to be getting tip dunks. He's got to be uh, really engaged off ball in order to get open. Uh, and if he's at 80, 90%, he can't defend in space. He can't do those things as easily. Um, so he's also a guy who's not only injury prone, but he's really dependent upon being fully healthy to be truly effective. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think adding some depth, adding some players who can be available in the roster, uh, gives the Mavs a lot of more, a lot more lineup flexibility. And it removes that kind of headache and question of just like constantly having to game plan and manage around a guy who's out half the time. Yeah. And I see, uh, somebody in the chat, uh, is it Sean in the chat? I have to go back and look, but anyway, somebody just said, uh, well, how many games did KP play in the playoffs last year? Well, he played all of them, but he wasn't a hundred percent. That's what you just alluded to, Tim. You know, he's got to be at a hundred percent to be truly effective. And if he's not, he's a liability on defense because his yeah. lateral movement is awful. So, I mean, do you do you really want a repeat of that? Look, Last he's year? not gonna. Yeah, I mean, he's <laughs> he's he he played in those games, but like we have a little bit of revisionist history here, where we're like, oh yeah, Rick's such an idiot. Bob giving all the numbers to him and just analytic nerds, just not knowing how to coach. Like he got played off for, you know, Rick wasn't just being irrational. Like he got played off the court for a reason. He got put in the corner for a reason. And the, you know, he, he was one of the worst defensive players in the NBA by some metrics last season because he wasn't fully healthy. And I wasn't confident that him coming off this knee injury, this bone bruise, which has kept Kendrick Nunn out for like three months, you know, is he going to be that defender that he was in November all the rest of the year. I mean, you can't rely on that. And I mean, man, I don't know. I mean, I just, I feel like there's a lot I of could people, go on here, but there's a lot of people in the chat right now, uh, kind of freaking out now that we've been talking about all this saying, <laughs> saying that KP might not even pass his physical to, uh, make this trade official, you know, not, nothing official has been announced yet. So, uh, maybe all the people who are upset about KP being traded, maybe maybe y'all get your wish if uh, if that falls through. Man, that would be awkward, wouldn't it? Uh, uh, profound <laughs> irony, I guess. <laughs> uh, but Tim, look, I appreciate you coming on and talking with us for a little bit, and 
hope you enjoy the the rest of your trade deadline day and you know maybe the Mavs can continue their positive momentum tonight against the Los Angeles Clippers but all right Max Turner I'm bringing you back up again because we had some technical difficulties the first time Max what's up man how you doing Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Not sure yeah. what happened on that first go around. I could hear y'all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, uh, every now and then you have some glitches on here, but we got it figured out. <laughs> well, yeah, when I first saw the trade come through, I was I went through kind of a little wave of emotion. The first was I was excited. Then I saw their contracts and I got a little less excited. Um, but overall, you know, I I do agree with you guys. It gives us the flexibility. Um, I think we're kind of checking some boxes that we really need. Like you mentioned, first thing I thought was, well, Dinwiddie can dribble a basketball, so he's already going to make our team better just right there, right off the top. I mean, he can dribble a basketball. Great. He's not just a guy that just shoots the ball. Bertans, yeah, he just shoots the ball. But I think we really did need more guys that I just consider like basketball players, if that makes sense. Like we have a lot of guys on our team that just do like – one or two things. Finney Smith has kind of turned more into a basketball player this year. Before, I would have categorized him as defender slash spot up shooter, and, and then nothing out, else. Shout out to Dorian Finney Smith, by the way, who the Mavs immediately signed to a four year, fifty two million dollar extension after all this craziness happened. So, <laughs> well deserved for Finney. Yeah, I think that's a deserved contract with um, you know the changes he's making to his game and how he's developed. I really. So I think I've said this the last time I was on the po- on, on your uh, green room as well, but I mean the development of his game post Carlisle has been pretty incredible. Like he was always capable of this stuff, but I think he was just held on such a short leaf. This is a, going off on a little tangent, but he was just held on such a short leaf that I mean I'm happy for him. I'll just say that, but you know I I think that it gives us depth at a position that's more desirable. We had too many centers on the team already. I'm not too worried about – I mean, we have Powell. We have Maxi Kleba. They can defend somewhat. I mean, you know, on the defensive end at the center position, they're more like stretch fives to Look, me. I'm, this is something that hasn't been talked about a lot either, but I'm pretty excited about Marquise Chris getting a little more minutes from this from this kind of deal. You know, he – uh, I, I'm, you know, they won't distribute it all between Maxi and and Dwight Powell. Uh, and I mean, look, we, I know everybody has things to say about Dwight Powell, including myself. I've been very critical of him in the past. Uh, I have advocated, you know, for trading him in the past. But I've got to give credit where credit is due. Dwight Powell has been amazing lately. Uh, his chemistry with Luca is at an all time high. Uh, he's just, he's playing really good basketball. He's, he's even put the ball on the floor a few times and looked really good doing it. Uh, it, it's crazy, you know, that how our perceptions of certain players can change from, you know, month to month or whatever it is. And he, I mean, he's still not perfect. He has his games where he's lacking, but he's been really good this year. And, uh, I think he has had more of an impact, you know, when he plays well, I think the Mavs win more than, you know, say if KP is playing and he plays well. Even though KP is, you know, the better player. He's obviously the more talented and better player. But, you know, I'm just saying, you know, there's certain guys where when they're on, the Mavs are almost unbeatable. And it's kind of like that. I think the Mavs are 
I think the Mavs are either undefeated or they're very close to being undefeated every time Reggie Bullock scores at least 15 points this year. <laughs> so uh, all that being said, and then I kind of got off, uh, went down the rabbit hole there. But, yeah, Marquise Chris, he benefits from this. He has been good. He has some chemistry with Luka as well. Uh, strong finisher at the rim, you know, can catch lobs and – uh, he can shoot the three a little bit too, and we've seen him get some blocks uh, in his limited playing time. So, look, I'm I'm very happy with uh, how this could potentially uh, unfold. And if look again, if it doesn't go well, I still don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, if it doesn't go well, it's going to go about probably how it would have if they hadn't traded him. That's that's the mindset I have, and then they would have tried to trade him in the off season, and it would have been a long, drawn out ordeal into the summer. Now we don't have to think about it. Now the you know the the post KP era is here, and you know it is what it is, and we get to move on with it and see what Luca and uh, Jason Kidd and and Nico Harrison see what all these guys can do going forward. And Matt, I will, and Max, I'll let you, if you want to chime in on something else, I'll definitely give you the opportunity to do so uh, here. Just, just last thing I was going to say was, yeah, just worried a little bit about the rim protection, but we don't got to go too much into that. But right, I, I right. think that I think in the off season we can maybe find some veteran guard, I mean, veteran center that can maybe replace that. I mean, it's not too hard to find decent rim protection. I just don't think we really have it this year, but. Anyway, that was the last thing I really wanted to mention. Yeah, maybe maybe the Mavs can, you know, make another run at a guy like JaVale McGee or something like that. Who knows? But, <laughs> but Max, I appreciate you joining us. And, Matt, something that me and you talked about earlier today, it's another thing that, that comes along from this big trade of Christoph Porzingis to the Wizards. It shows that Nico Harrison isn't gun-shy. You know, he, he is willing to mix things up. We, we said it earlier this year that we would be seeing how he would do at his first trade deadline uh, after, you know, having a chance to look over the roster and see how all the pieces fit. And, you know, that getting KP was not his, his transaction. That's not what he did. He inherited this team from Donnie, Donnie Nelson. And, you know, to his credit, he viewed it over. He, he saw what was coming down the line potentially, and he said, well, let's nip it in the bud now and get it over with. So kudos to Nico Harrison for, you know, doing what he had to do now, even though some people are, you know, irrationally mad about it. Uh, I think it will be a good thing going forward, and it gives me confidence that Mark Cuban is actually letting Nico Harrison do his job. And I'm sure Mark still has his say here and there, you know, he gives his input and everything, but this kind of move kind of tells me that, uh, that he's letting him do his job. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, we don't really specifically know how much of a say Nico had in this or vice versa with Mark Cuban, but it's just nice to see something different as the bottom line. I was tired of this scene, this team being stagnant and, and, keeping the same roster and, and being stubborn. And I know this isn't like a world beater type move. It, it never was. And I never said it was going to be. And I don't think that they're any better today than they were yesterday or this morning. But 
I have hope now that they aren't going to just sit around and, and twiddle their thumbs and, and be stubborn and put the same roster on the floor for the next two or three years. And I'm excited about the Dorian contract. I, $13 million is a good number for him. It's less than I thought he was going to get. Um, it, it does – I do think that there are things that they could have done to be more aggressive today, like, you know, trading Brunson or – figuring out something to do with, with Tim Hardaway or whatever. But at the end of the day, you made a change. And having Nico has at least injected some sort of new you know perspective into the organization, whether or not he's the final decision maker or not. So that in itself is nice. Um, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. I still don't have a ton of hope for – them getting out of the first or second round necessarily, or them making some big splash, huge trade this summer or whatever, but at least they have options now. And that's something they really didn't have going forward before they traded KP. And and look, I'm going to go back to this a little bit, but had KP had another injury this, this year, like you had mentioned earlier, had he, done something that would have kept him out the rest of the season or, or some other sort of significant injury, his, tra- his trade value would have taken a massive, massive hit, even more than it already had. So if that happens, you're stuck on a max contract with a player option for three years, and there's just nothing you can do about it. So the fact that Nico was able to at least inject a little bit of perspective and maybe change Mark Cuban's mind on a couple of things, or at least help to, I think that's huge. And that's something that I, I don't think this trade happens today if Donnie's in the building, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. I think what the Mavs probably did is, you know, we everybody talked about, including myself, I, I spent many minutes <laughs> talking about it before the season started and at the very beginning of the season. But, you know, KP had his first fully healthy offseason, like basically of his entire career coming into this year. So if he wasn't going to be able to stay healthy after that, then, you know, it's almost it's almost like it could have been the last straw for this front office. It's like, you know, okay, he, he's literally never going to be able to stay fully healthy. He's going to always miss at least 40, 45% of our games, and, you know, we need, to, we need to just go a different route. And that's not saying that KP's a bad player because he's not. He's a good player. But the Mavs just need more availability. They need more availability. They need more – new options and, you know, just something different. Uh, Even if it doesn't, even if you don't have as high of a ceiling as you do if KP was fully healthy, you know, at least you have something that's more than nothing. And that's my biggest takeaway from it. I'm choosing to, you know, be optimistic about it. And I'm not just forcing it. Like, it's it's actually how I feel about it. I I think the Mavs are going to be fine. And I think, you know, these guys are going to, you know, give a little bit more than than what people think. At the very least, it helps your depth and it gives you more options. You know, I remember, I remember last year in the in the postseason against the Clippers. Like, could you imagine if this roster or if that roster had had a guy like Reggie Bullock and how he's playing right now, or you know, Spencer Dinwiddie who can uh, dish out assists off the bench, or you know, just have other options. Uh, to throw in there aside from Josh Richardson. Uh, it would have been great. 
And, you know, we'll get to see how it goes this year. And the Mavs, they're not going to have to play uh, the, the Clippers again. Now, they may run into a very tough Utah Jazz team or the Denver Nuggets or maybe even potentially the, the Memphis Grizzlies, depending on how it all shakes out. But, you know, I, I think as long as you have Luka Doncic on your team, you know, you're going to have the best player on the floor in any of those matchups, except for the except for the Nuggets, because Jokic, he is uh, – He's the reigning MVP. He's probably going to win it again this year. And, you know, he's he's better than Luka right now. I will admit that. But, you know, I think overall the Mavs have uh, a better roster than the Nuggets with all of their injuries that, that they're dealing with. And we'll see if Jamal Murray ends up coming back for them this year. But I'm very optimistic about it. If you don't want to be, you know, that's fine. Everybody can fan exactly how – I never tell anybody how to be fans – I'm just saying, you know, let's give it a little bit of time and see how it goes because there are reasons for optimism. It's not, it's not just all doom and gloom. But, uh, and Matt, before we get off here, I mean, with all the stuff that happened <laughs> for the Mavs today, uh, it's like it happened after James Harden Harden ended up getting traded to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons and Seth Curry. And I think the Sixers sent Brooklyn two first-round picks, too. Wasn't Andre involved in there somewhere, too? What now? I think Andre Drummond was involved in there somewhere, too. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. It was was Ben Simmons, Seth Curry, Andre Drummond, and two first-round picks to Brooklyn for James Harden and Paul Millsap. (laughs) (laughs) Which which seems... Which seems like, I mean, is it a stretch to say that Brooklyn got the better end of that? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's really not. They got, I think they got better overall as a team, even though they lost a superstar. And I think, I, 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 this may be a hot take. Everybody can yell at me if they want to. I really don't care. I felt this way since he got to Houston in the first place. But I think James Harden's the most overrated superstar in the NBA, maybe in sports. So yeah, I know he's a good player and all that, but I, I, I do think that the, the Nets got better overall as a team. Um, and I sure as hell wouldn't want to play them if I was anybody in the playoffs. It's really funny how, you know, it, it came out 24 hours before that he was kind of, you know, James Harden wants out, but then Woj said that he didn't want to publicly come out and say it because he was afraid of the backlash. And it's just like, <laughs> at that point, when that report comes out, I'm sure James Harden was just like, well, you know, forget it. I, it's it's over with now. Everybody knows, and they got a deal done. But, uh, yeah, the, the Brooklyn Nets, they were struggling. I think they had lost, like, seven straight games, maybe more than that, and they had fallen to sixth or seventh in the East. So they they ended up shaking things up, and, you know, now uh, the East, it could be wide open. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes for the Mavs. They still have a chance at home court. Uh, they've got three more head-to-head matchups with the Utah Jazz. Are we uh, not going to talk about the other thing? Well, what am I missing here? My brain is fried today, Matt. Well, the Spurs traded for Dragic, and uh, <laughs> reports are that he's going to get bought out, maybe not immediately, <laughs> and that the Mavs are the favorite to sign him if and when he gets bought out. I'm just throwing that out there. 
Matt, I, look, I'm I'm so sorry that I almost left without talking about Goran Dragic, Matt. I I don't know what I was thinking today, but <laughs> it's like I have one thing left in this world when it when it comes to the NBA, and it's Goran Dragic to the Mavs, and I think we should at least take like two minutes to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it because multiple, <laughs> multiple reports today have said that. The Mavs are the favorites to sign Goran Dragic when he eventually reaches a buyout with the Spurs. So he is going to reach about with the Spurs. Uh, Mark Stein likes to completely destroy all of your hopes and dreams, Matt, because he said that, you know, even though they're regarded as the favorites, that they will have stiff competition for him. Uh, and then you have the other, you know, part where they're going to have to open up another roster spot for him. So. Uh, what do you do there? Do you do you cut Trey Burke, who has been yes. very good here lately? Uh, I mean, I think that's a no-brainer decision, in my opinion. But, uh, oh, Sterling Brown. Yes, there you go. In the chat, they said Sterling Brown. Yeah, that's definitely who would be getting cut. <laughs> so, yes, uh, I think that – I think it's coming for you, Matt. Uh, even some people said, well, well, they got Dinwiddie, so that kind of – helps with your secondary uh, ball handler and playmaker off the bench so they don't really need Dragic anymore. No, no, I would still very much like to uh, have Goran Dragic on, on the bench uh, for the postseason. That- I will say one thing. In the NBA, there is such a thing as having too many bigs. I do not think there is such a thing as having too many guards. No, I, I definitely agree with you there, especially especially ones like – Dragic, who are, you know, they shine brightest when when it's in the postseason. And he's uh, also the only guy on the planet, the only guy on the planet who can confidently tell Luca to shut the hell up. That is a good point too. He is very much big brother figure to Luca, and he would be very much welcomed in that locker room. You know, we've seen the thing on Twitter. You know, his one of his last games with the Toronto Raptors. He was uh, talking to the guys on the bench, and he was giving them directions and trying to motivate them and everything. And <laughs> everybody on the Raptors bench were just like, who is this guy? We're not listening to you. That would not be the case with him in Dallas. I think he would be more respected than that. So uh, I think I, I think you're not going to have to wait very much longer to get your, your long-awaited dream, Matt. I think it is coming and, you know, uh, we're going to have to do a pod just for that to celebrate when it does. <laughs> I'm buying the first Goran Dragic Mavs jersey that is printed. <laughs> I may buy it for you. I mean, that's how much of a thing this has been for the last couple of years. I felt so bad when the, when the trade fell through in 2019 and, you know, everything that's happened since then that I, I may just go ahead and send you one. <laughs> I, I would not turn it down. But after that happens, you know, then you start looking at the Mavs roster top to bottom, and, man, that's uh, that's a team that's going to have a lot of depth. Uh, it's going to have a lot of options. Uh, the starting five, they're, I mean, it, it's really interesting, and I'm not going to go too far into this. We can talk about it on the next pod. But, you know, I think now with KP not there, maybe they go a little bit more small. Maybe they move Dorian uh, to the small ball four, and with as good as uh, Reggie Bullock has been playing, you know, keep him as your as your starting 
small forward. So you have Luca, Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, and Maxi Kleba as your starting five there. And then, you know, your bench, you have a really loaded bench with, especially if you if you trade for Dragic. And he's got fresh legs because he's been sitting most of this season. So that's a good thing to look forward to. But all right, y'all. Uh, thanks for joining us on this latest edition of Mav Step Back Live. Um, if you ever want to come on here and talk, like we had a couple people up today, feel free to do so. Don't be shy. Uh, we're never going to all agree on everything, but that's okay. That's what makes all this fun. Uh, we're always open to hearing different uh, perspectives and everything. So just send us a speaker request. Let us know how you feel about things. And uh, we'll get you up here and, and talk about this stuff going forward. But thanks for listening, guys. Be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. And leave us a review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you do leave us a review there, it automatically enters you for any Mav Step Back giveaways going forward. We've done a couple of ticket giveaways here in the past few weeks. So be sure to do that. Guys, we appreciate it. Have a great rest of your Thursday evening and into the weekend.